Hi, folks. Keith Jones here. You're fixing to listen to Front Row Knowles on the podcast. But before we get started, we want to thank the Champions Club and specifically Seminole Boosters for sponsoring our podcast that allows us to bring the podcast to you commercial-free. You know, we are one tribe. We are unconquered. In the last uh, few years, Florida State has built a tradition of excellence. But right now, all of us that are Seminoles are facing a challenge. We've got 20 sports programs, all the coaches, student athletes that are involved. We've got some budget cuts that we're trying to uh, work through due to the pandemic. And right now, we need you. In order to provide all of our teams and student athletes with the best possible opportunity for success, we need your help. We need you to join Seminole Boosters. We need you to renew your membership. We need you to increase your contribution. We need you to consider making a gift. We don't talk heavy-handed like this much, but this is the time to be a little heavy-handed. Help us out. Help Florida State out. Help Florida State boosters out. And most of all, we want to continue to thank the boosters and specifically the Champions Club for sponsoring us and bringing Front Row Knowles to you. Stay tuned and listen. Thanks. Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles First Look with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Good day, everybody. Tom and KJ with you. Keith, this is Front Row Knowles First Look, and unfortunately... I had a premonition that something like this might be coming. I didn't think it would be quite like this, but I can't say that I'm surprised. But bottom line is Florida State experienced prosperity last week, and we were wondering, as you recall on our Wednesday show, how they would handle it. And I think, unfortunately, we found out the answer. Very much so. Uh, We've talked uh, often about this team having to learn how to win Uh, maybe a little bit of inroads into that in the Carolina game, but then another step on that journey is learning, as you say, how to deal with some um, positive news. And this team laid a big fat zero golden, not golden egg uh, up in Louisville, Derby city, whatever we want to call it. This was, uh, this was uh, not a good showing. We've talked also about optics and unfortunately there's going to be a lot of people looking around particularly within the ACC, look at this ball game and um, say, well, you know, I guess the Carolina win was just a fluke. Well, I'm not at that point. I'm not going to say that. I I think I like this staff. I like Coach Norvell. Uh, I did wonder when you have an emotional high that comes with beating a top five team, no matter what you say, when you haven't done a lot of that, it's still different the next week getting ready. So that's part of it. Jordan Travis was not 100% healthy. Mike Norvell admitted as much in the postgame. And candidly, and I'm just talking about the offense, about three drives that would have resulted in points were blown up by missed missed, uh, catches, drop passes, that sort of thing, penalties. Now, even if you score points on all those drives, that doesn't excuse the defense, and that's another part of the conversation. But I'm not trying to say that I'm upbeat because it was not a great performance, but I am optimistic about the future. I'm still confident in what the future is going to be. Here's my take, and and for the first time, and at least during the season, you and I may be disagreeing just a little bit. I I don't go to the far extreme, but 11 penalties. We've had penalties all year long. Drop passes, 
we've had drop passes all year long. The there was a question asked of of Mike during the post game about is it more frustrating to deal with the same problems over and over again or new problems raising their head during ball games. Um, he didn't really answer the question, but I'll answer it. It's a lot more frustrating to have to deal with the same thing over and over again. And in that regard, offensively, I don't see improvement. That's what's frustrating about my take on that side of the ball. Well, so let's the, – the penalties offensively, there were a couple of false starts, if that's what you're referring to. There was the 15-yarder on – the walk-on tight end on drive number three that negated what would have been a first down. To me, this is a rule that came into play last year when they added it. It's a blindside block rule. For all the years that college football existed before that, it was a really good block. It was the the highlight tape of the NFL for one year, wasn't it? (laughs) I, I guess what I'm saying, by the letter of the law, it was the right call. But that said, I mean, it was a well-schemed play. It was a well-designed play. Florida State was driving. It was a shame that that happened. And then, unfortunately, what made it worse is the very next play when it was third, maybe it was second and 20, whatever it was, Keyshawn Helton drops a pass that's going to be a first down. So that that was the third drive of the game. You were losing 14-7, I guess, at that point because you'd received the opening kickoff. That's pretty significant because if 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 you score on that drive, Yes, you're in a shootout, but 14-14 is a lot different than 21-7. Without question. And again, I'm, I'm going to be hard-nosed. There is no excuse for in game number six with no crowd to be jumping early. If you have to go back to the old thing of look inside, you don't move until the ball moves. Figure it out. Number two, you've heard me say it. Our fans, our listeners have heard me say it. They're not called route runners. They're called wide receivers. And catch the dang ball. That's the one thing you've got to do. And uh, that part's just frustrating to me. So if I had been asked that question, different problems, different games versus same problems every game, there's where my frustration comes from. Yeah, and the, the drop passes were the biggest disappointment for me on Saturday, no question. Okay, let's listen to Coach Norvell, see what he said. Uh, we'll listen to him for a few minutes, then we'll get into breaking down the offense and the defense. Here's Coach Norvell. Florida State loses big to Louisville, uh, had a chance to get it back to 500. Instead, FSU is 2-4 and four as they enter the bye week. Here's Mike Norvell. In, in, um, in man-to-man coverage, and you know, it's, a, it's a talented and explosive offense that we faced, and um, you know, we didn't we didn't do much to slow them down today. Um, you know, in special teams, we talked that we needed that to be a, a, a big impact for us. You know, we weren't really able to get our return game going. Um, you know, but uh, other than that, I mean, it's just not not a performance that uh, is reflective of of um, you know what we what what I expected, and uh, you know, obviously. Um, you know, we've got a lot of work to do within, within our program and have to continue to, to learn from, uh, from these, uh, these lessons, these, these opportunities. And, you know, obviously, uh, um, you know, we challenged our guys this week to, to go out there and, and to push themselves to improve in, in all aspects. And the same, the same things that, uh, that have shown up, you know, early in the season are, are still showing up. So, you know, we've got to reevaluate, uh, the, uh, the way that we are, uh, you know, holding, holding, uh, 
you know, guys to that standard of what we expect. And um, you know, once again, obviously, I didn't I didn't have the team uh, prepared to 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 play to the level that they're capable of today. So uh, that goes on me, and uh, it will will be corrected, and we'll continue to grow and uh, you know, move forward from this point. Hey, Mike, I'm curious. Uh, did, did this feel like a setback? You mentioned that you felt like you guys were making similar mistakes as maybe you made previously, but after last week, the progress you made, did this feel like a, like a step backwards for the program? I mean, there were lessons even last week, you know, we, we, we won the game last week, but uh, you know, there were still lessons that had to be learned. And uh, you know, we played, we played a really good half of football last week and we, we missed out on some opportunities in the, in the second half and you did some things that, uh, that, that are going to cost you. And you know, that, that showed up, today and you know you're not going to be successful if if those things uh, uh you know continue to, to to show up within within the way that we play and so um you know we've got to do a better job um you know making sure that we're uh, we're finishing plays when we get the opportunity to finish finish them you know we had some drop passes some missed tackles um you know we we, you know, we knew that this this team you know had big play capability and um you know if, if you if you let them get in space, you know there's there's um, there's a chance that they're gonna that they can really make you pay, and uh, you know, obviously that happened with some with some missed tackles, and uh, you know you know obviously it wasn't uh, it 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 did not allow us to uh, to to play the way that we we were capable of, um, you know it, it's we are we are a team that is a, a continued work in progress. So you say a setback, I mean you know we understand what it is to play winning football. You know, we've seen it. We've seen, we've seen flashes of it. We've seen moments, uh, but we, right now we are, we are not playing consistent enough uh, to be able to, to sustain that. And uh, you know, we've got to continue to work and learn lessons and go get it improved in practice. And, and it's got to show up there on game day. Um, Coach, in terms of penalties, I know you talk about penalties and, you know, wanting to decrease um, during each game. Going forth, what has to be the tactic to make sure that the team is mentally and emotionally in the game to, you know, decrease those false starts, um, all of those type of issues? Um, that's that's something that we've got to continue to work on. And uh, honestly, a, a choice has to be made. Uh, there's not been a day that's gone by that, that I've been here that we have that there's not been accountability in, in how and what our standard is. And there's going to continue to be accountability for that. But you know, obviously the message needs to get a, uh, uh, continue to, to get across and a choice has to be made. And, you know, that's uh, that's in all, all aspects of what we're doing. Jordan Travis coach did not seem maybe as bold or, or daring running the ball, breaking contain as he has in the past. Is he just having to preserve himself a little bit more cautiously than maybe weeks prior? Oh, uh, you know, Jordan, Jordan was, uh, you know, a little banged up there this last week and uh you know did a good job of practicing um you know working through that um you know obviously uh, somebody that is that's as dynamic with his legs as he as he is and being able to extend plays um you know those opportunities um you know we, we want him to be smart we want him to uh you know get you know obviously get what he can get you know keep that that playmaking ability that he has um but uh you know that was that was part of today was that what led to the quarterback change uh, late in the game? Uh, yeah, you know, we, it, it's twofold. You know, obviously Jordan was, uh, you know, a little banged up. And then, you know, also, you know, get an opportunity. You know, Chubbo got cleared uh, here this week. Um, yeah, I thought it was a, a, an opportunity to be able to get him out there, uh, you know, get him some some live work. And, you know, he's really – uh, he's been he's been pushing hard to, to get back in practice to get some of those experiences. Um, you know, I think it's a great you know uh, 
great learning learning experience for him. He was able to get out. You know, he got hit hit a little bit. Uh, he was able to uh, to work to make some throws and you know obviously get a, get a sense of uh, of the speed of it. You know, because you know he missed he missed a good amount of that throughout fall camp and um, you know here early in the early part of the season. I know the the long touchdown runs by Haw- touchdown run by Hawkins was kind of a broken play where he was hemmed up, but a few of their touchdowns it looked like busts. Um, was there confusion on defense or um, lax- lapses in execution or what was going on there? Uh, you know, there were there were a handful of times that um, you know as as you prepare and you work through through the week of uh, um, you know what you expect and what you see. I mean, there's times that we were you know, had pretty good calls into, into some of these plays. And there were times that, um, you know, we, that we probably could get, could, could get better uh, situations. Um, but, you know, everybody's got to make sure that we're communicating. We have 11, you know, 11 guys playing as one because when you're playing a, a zone team that uh, you're obviously as efficient as, as, as they are. And as, uh, you know, and say so it's a good football team, good backs. Um, but, you know, we got to, we got to make sure that we're doing everything in, in our power to win our gaps. And, uh, you know, when you get an opportunity to, to get there and make the play, you know, we got to make the plays. And so uh, there's some things that, you know, we'll have to continue to, to evaluate in, in all aspects. Uh, but, you know, it was, a, it was a little bit of everything today. You talked about the uh, the same mistakes, a lot of the same mistakes, penalties, drops at bad moments, defensive lapses, things like that. I mean, is that something where w- would you rather it be a lot of the same mistakes each week, or would you rather have different things? Which would be more frustrating, having different things that kind of pop up every week, or being dealing with the same things week in week out? You know, I want to see growth. I want to, I want to see you know application of lessons that that, uh, that you've learned. And you know, at, at the end of the day, um, you know not been a part of uh, you know a, a game or, or a performance where every person was perfect there's going to be mistakes that are that show up um you know but you know when you have a point of emphasis of something that needs to get corrected you have something that you've seen and you've lived that that keeps you from uh, uh being successful and playing to the best of your capabilities you know that needs there needs to be a, a, a change in that regard and you know i can tell you that we are we're working our tails off at practice every day and, and meetings and addressing the addressing things uh, you individually, collectively as a group. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, in the moment, right. With all the, with all the right intentions, we've got to make sure that, that we are, we are playing the game the way that's supposed to be played. And that's with passion. That's with discipline. That's with un- unbelievable effort. Right? And then we've got to trust the t- techniques and the fundamentals of, of what is, uh, you know, what's being taught. And uh, you know, that'll put us in the best position to, to make the plays doesn't guarantee us that we're going to make all the plays, but it'll put us in the best position. And you know, that's something that has to show up more consistently within this football team. Coach Norvell, obviously uh, disappointed, but I, I will say when you, when you listen to him, he's about the big picture, which is, this is not about just fixing it for next week. It's about fixing it long-term. And so I guess maybe that's why I'm a little more optimistic, Keith. Um, the short term, I mean, the the looking at what what the game was against Louisville, that was not pretty. There's no question. Well, again, my frustration is not about the long term either. I'm 100% uh, with you on that. It's just as a former player, and I know I'm way removed, but there are things that are just not excusable this far into the year. And um, – and that's that's what annoys me. That's what gets under my skin more than anything. All right, let's let's dive into that when we come back with our next segment, and uh, we'll start with the offense because you're talking about some of the unforced errors offensively. 
defense we could do a long segment on as well, and we'll do that too when we continue on Front Row Knowles' first look. Front Row Knowles' first look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles' first look, Tom Block, Keith Jones. KJ, I felt pretty good after the first drive. I mean, when the when the quarterback can fumble and do a crossover dribble to get the ball back and score a touchdown on the road, I'm thinking this is going to go pretty well today. I have a hard time dribbling a basketball, which is round, much less even attempting to dribble a football. You're exactly right. Uh, I was very excited as well. Uh, I, I, you do what you have to do on away games, as we've talked about, <laughs> 2020 being the exception, is you want to score early to get the crowd out of the, out of the game. And FSU did that, but then unfortunately they didn't hold on defense, and that became the, the probably the biggest uh, glaring error of this ball game. Well, let's keep it to offense for now, and no question, you're right in what you're saying. You score on the first drive, the second drive, and I don't have my notes in front of me. I think the second drive they went three and out, but the third drive was the one where they were driving the football. You get the illegal block called the blindside block on Parker Daniel, followed by the Keyshawn Helton drop. And unfortunately, that sequence, particularly the drop, that typified what the day was. And again, repeating what I said in the first segment, Florida State offensively was not going to get to 45 or 50 points. But if they don't make those mistakes, they are going to get to between 30 and 40 points, and you're going to have a chance, and you're going to feel better about where you are. Do you agree? I think the Zoom has locked up. Mr. Jones is frozen right now. I thought he was just freezing me out, but he's actually frozen. So let me let him back into the Zoom here, if I can. Keith, are you back, sir? Something's happening technology-wise. You're freezing up and then going in and out on me. Yeah, and I, I thought it's my end or your end. Yeah, I don't know either. I thought you were just didn't like my question that I posed to you, and you just were for refusing <laughs> to answer. But it turns out this I'm sorry, is technology. No, it looks like I do have signal. No, what I was saying is that unfortunately, that third drive penalty drop pass that sort of typified the afternoon. I, I would agree, and and that kept Florida State from getting any momentum. And the other thing that you talked about, Coach Norvell mentioned it in the post game, is that is that Travis wasn't completely healthy, and that jumped out at me early. Um, and this sounds silly, but I've watched him enough. He was cutting off runs and getting out of bounds way too early than what we know Travis to have been, uh, and he was getting down way too early. He was under some specific instructions not to take a hit. And then a couple of those early passes didn't have the same crispness, uh, the ball rotate. I mean, he was struggling physically, and that was evident to me, and they were doing their best, as they should have, to try to protect him. So that, that all added up to being some, you know, not a very potent offense for the entire ball game. Well, and so you look at the options. Tate Rodemaker started a couple weeks ago, wasn't ready. This was the first week that Chubba Purdy was available. That's what Mike Norvell said post game, And James Blackman wasn't even in Louisville. He was homesick, I think, is what the reason was, non-football reason. That, that's what was, that was what was communicated along with Dugans, uh, the wide receiver coach. Right. So there's, don't sound the alarm. James Blackman, everything's fine there, except that he was not there with the team this week. So 
you didn't have a lot of options. And any coach is going to keep it under wraps, so to speak, if his quarterbacks are not 100% healthy. Yeah, and, and I'm not critiquing how that was handled or what they were doing. It was just that they were operating with a quarterback that wasn't able to do all the things that he wants to do and is good at doing uh, that had you know helped you win a ball game against the number five team in the country the week before. So I guess this is where my optimism springs from, Keith, in that you didn't have a 100% quarterback. You still schemed guys open. You had plays there. You just didn't execute. Now, that's the second part of the question. But the first part is guys were there and guys were available. And, Keith, is are you freezing up again on me? But you still need to execute to no, back no, it up. I'm, I'm looking, no, I'm looking ahead because I'm, I'm speaking right to your point. Um, you know, Tofili came in. He had 76 yards. Webb continued running well. He had 74. Corbin had 61. Even, you know, banged up. Um, Jordan had uh, 47 net yards. I mean, the running game was going well. So you could see what they were doing about trying to protect, um, you know, uh, Jordan Travis. And they were having some success at it. And offensively, if they, if they do away with the drop passes in particular, then they probably score another 7, 14 points. I mean, you're probably sitting at 30 points. The offensive misfires were not the reason, the sole reason that Florida State lost this ball game. And, in fact, they were probably the minor reasons. The bigger reasons was what, were what you were not able to do defensively. So I don't, I don't fault the offense that much. I'm not being critical at all of how they protected um, Jordan and, and how they, you know, um, ran, ran the ball and, and that type of thing. It was just unfortunate that that offense wasn't able to do everything that they could do because they were handicapped. Yeah, so, again, we'll save the defense for next segment. Tamari and Terry was out again. That's not insignificant. I mean, when we were coming into the year, Tamarian was the guy that we if, – if you surveyed 100 FSU fans, 100 of them would have said the most explosive or the most important player offensively is Tamari and Terry. Now, he's, he's rough around the edges still and has a lot of room for improvement, but it's not insignificant when he's out. Now, I will say that, frankly, I'm surprised that Ontario Wilson and Keyshawn Helton, who are veterans – that they were the ones who were dropping passes. And I don't know if that's trying to make too much happen or what it is, but there, I can forgive what happened at the end of the game with the younger freshman receivers when Shubba Purdy was in. But the veterans dropping the passes, that's an issue. I mean, those guys have played a lot of football to be making those drops. And, you know, one of the things that gets talked about, and this is going to come across as a criticism, and, and I guess in that regard it is, but – Big-time players make big-time plays. And those guys are veterans, but they're not big-time players. And, you know, that, that's just what they are. If they make those catches, then they become big-time players. But they're just veterans. And I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, well, that's the disappointing thing. And so that's a separate conversation because really what that is, that's saying – you got to get better players. And that takes time. And I like Keyshawn and Ontario. Ontario had the great play last week. Keyshawn has made plenty of good plays. He's returning punts for you. But those are big drops. I mean, 
uh, again, I, I'm, I'm stating the obvious, but when you go into half and you're down 31-14, if you just think about it, again, defense a different topic. If you score on the third drive of the game, which was the Preston Daniel penalty, Keyshawn Helton drop, and you score on the drive before halftime when you missed the field goal, you're at 31-28 at half if you get touchdowns, not at 31-14. That's a big difference. Well, and at a minimum, you're at 31-24. Right. You know, if, you, if you convert the field goal. Exactly. And for a young team that's just learning how to win and all the other intangible things that, that all of those of us that have been around Florida State football for a while um, grew so accustomed to, uh, completely foreign to these kids. They're just learning it. A first-year staff who's heard about it, but they didn't experience it. That's a big, big thing early in a, in a staff's tenure and with a, a, a ball club that hasn't had a lot of success. No question. Yeah, so I'm trying to think what else offensively. So Chubba Purdy, we should talk about him. That's the first look we've gotten at him. And uh, obviously, he's, he's got an arm now. Uh, that that there were some there were some rifle shots coming out there. The the most disappointing thing I hope I hope whenever the timing's right I don't have a crystal ball, but I hope he gets an opportunity to come in and you know play some significant snaps during his career and had some great success because we're going to look back and I'm not putting him in this category yet but it's set up nicely if you'll follow my train of thought and be patient with me for just a moment. You know, Charlie Ward threw eight interceptions in his first two starts. Chris Winkie had six interceptions in one game early in his career. Chubba Purdy, in his first action at Florida State University, was 0 for 9. Now, (laughs) three or four of them were drops, but he was 0 for 9 in the stat line in his first game at FSU. (laughs) <laughs> I think that sets him up for some great things. I don't know where I'm going with that, but that's just my take on it. There there were definitely a lot of drops there, but it was night and day to see that arm. I, how about this, Keith? And there's four quarterbacks on the roster, but but two of them, they're sort of grouped in pairs. I mean, you have the Jordan-Chubba pair, and then you have the Blackman-Tate pair. So it would seem to me that now that Chubba is healthy, that the combination you're going to use going forward is going to be Jordan and Chubba. And I say that from the standpoint that you only have so many hours in the week and you can only rep so many plays. And their strengths are different. So would you agree with that? I I would agree with that. Uh, And I think that you would be – Florida State's offensive staff would be very well – uh, believed and very well supported in that concept uh, because, again, there, there are many things about Chubbo that we don't know about and, and that type of thing. But anyone you talk to that have been around that young man will tell you they, they know about the intangibles. We haven't been able to see the on-the-field stuff because he's been injured, but the intangibles are there just like with – with uh, Jordan Travis, the intangibles are there. And again, not to be disrespectful to Blackman or, or to uh, anybody, but those two kids are football players and know how to win games. And so, yes, I would spend the bulk of my limited time grooming them to participate. Anything else you want to add about the offense? Well, one of the things we saw in the Carolina game is – 
you know, the offense feeding off of big plays from the defense, the defense feeding off of big plays from the offense. Pardon me. And when you only have, you know, one of your units, um, we'll discount special teams for just a second. But, but you know, when the, when the defense is struggling as mightily as, it, as they did, it is very hard for an offense to, you know, maintain that. I mean, FSU had the ball nine more minutes than Louisville did. They had 34 minutes of, of possession. Um, there were many more third down opportunities. They were seven of 18 on third down, one of five, I think, on fourth down. And when the offense is having to generate everything, they're not, they're got, they're not getting the short field. They're not getting any momentum from, from defensive plays. And every time they look up, the scoreboard has changed on the opponent's side, so we've got to make the scoreboard change on our side. Again, that's just another ref, re, recipe for a very long afternoon, particularly on the road. No question. All right. I put it off as long as we can, Keith. We'll talk about the defense when we come back on Front Row Knowles' First Look. Front Row Knowles' First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Welcome back. Front Row Knowles' First Look. Tom Block, Keith Jones with you. FSU falls hard on the road to Louisville. KJ, where do you want to start on the defensive side of the ball? Well, I heard something in Coach Norvell's post-game comments that I'm either perceptive or I'm completely off base. And I realize that most of our listeners understand I'm at one far end or the other anyway. But for the first time, I heard in a couple of uh, Coach Norvell's answers and in his tone that he wasn't happy with the defensive game plan. In other words, what had been put together and what they were attempting to do and failing to do, it was one thing to fail to do it, but it was another thing to have a bad plan that you were failing to do. And I'll be interested in seeing whether that was an actual factual thing I saw or, or not. And I don't mean that as – you know, harsh criticism, but remember, this is the same group who basically said we made a mistake in putting the game plan against Miami together. You know, they wanted to go with the three-man front and all this stuff, and and they basically said that wasn't what we should be do, should be doing. Well, now I heard the coach say, the head coach say, that he might have a doubt or two about the defensive game plan put together for this game. Well, that's two games now. I don't know what that means. I don't know if Coach Norvell was indeed saying that. Did you pick up on that? Did you get anybody here you know, that you've talked to talking about that? I did not. But did not. That was, but, that was significant to me, I thought. Well, I, I didn't. That's not something he and I chatted about when I did the postgame on the radio network. So, yeah, I, I'll ask you. When you watched the game, did you think it was plan or scheme or execution? I thought it was scheme. I mean, Louisville is a very good offensive team. They are not a one-win team, and most people that have they've played against would tell you that. Um, they played a great game against Notre Dame last time out. But there were – I mean, you don't give up. I know the one – the longest running play was kind of a busted play, and they kind of just made same something happen, but it's particularly in the first half. I mean, there were some wide open receivers, and there were some huge running lanes. And I can't blame all of that on execution. 
So where do you go? I think you revisit what you're doing. I think you say to yourself, what is it that we do well? And we, we stick with that. I mean, they got no pressure. I think they ended up with one sack. I mean, we've not, we've not gotten pressure all year long blitzing linebackers and blitzing corners the way we're blitzing them. So you got to change that up. you got to either change personnel or you're going to change the way you're doing it. And last time I checked, they played just about everybody. So if you've played everybody, then that means maybe what you're calling isn't the right thing. And, and we can't play zone coverage. Our kids just don't know either they're not smart enough to learn it or they've not been taught it correctly. But we can't play zone coverage. We'll get beat every now and then on man-to-man coverage, but at least there'll be somebody near. But we can't play zone coverage. Evidently, we, we just don't know how. Uh, I love the term that uh, Kenny Dillingham used. Obviously, he's the offensive coordinator. But, you know, we, you and I have talked about the fact that, you know, when you play zone, after two and a half, three seconds, you know, find somebody whose jersey doesn't look like yours and get close to them. They have a term for that now. Have you picked up on that? Did you hear that term? It's called plastering. <laughs> Once you've been in zone and, it, you know, two, two and a half, three seconds, or the quarterback, you know, uh, scrambles, you have to plaster. Well, we're, we're not plastering. So we got to have a plastering segment during practice somewhere and learn how to match up once that play gets extended a little bit. Well, here's the, I don't want to call it the counter, but the corollary maybe that goes with what you're saying. This is not a new problem this year. This has existed for several years now, this same issue. Guys running free, whether it's zone or man, whether it was Charles Kelly or Harlan Barnett. So that's why I wonder, does it need to be a roster turnover? Does it need to be just a better job of teaching it? But it's not as if that's a new, a new issue, Keith. No, no, you're, that is true. And that is a very fair comment. Um, it's just that, you know, we, we, we've continued to see 500, 550, nearly 600 yards of offense given up. We've continued to see gash plays uh, at least the last couple of uh, three games. And, um, and something's got to change. And, and it needs to be something of significance because I don't think you can continue doing what you're doing. Yeah. Now I would say, so the one outlier in this season was the North Carolina game and it was still over 500 yards, but even though Sam Howell can run a little bit, he's different than Jeff Sims at Georgia tech and Derek King at Miami and Malik Cunningham. I mean, when there's been a true dual threat in there, that's where the biggest problems have come. Would you agree? Correct. I would agree. I would agree. Now you have an extra week, and so it's a matter of using this week to get healthy physically, mentally, but you get an extra three days to fix whatever issues you can fix. I know that there'll be a little bit of scheming for for Pitt, game planning for Pitt, who's the next opponent. But really, however many times you're practicing this week, it's about cleaning up what you're not getting right. Agreed. And, you know, we haven't talked about – I mean, they, Florida State, they have a hard time – we've talked about the defensive line. And Corey Simon, our guest, uh, pointed out that 
you know, his view was they, they weren't able to get off blocks. Well, our linebackers and our defensive backs aren't able to get off or around blocks. They get blocked way too easily. And that's what allows those long runs. You know, you gotta you got to fight through that block. It's like we're catching them, and then the backs by us, and we turn and chase him. Blow up that guy. You know, you know, be physical about it. Maybe by blowing him up, you'll blow him into the ball carrier. But we seem to be catching everything. And, and, and Tommy, I'm sorry, that's a learned, taught thing. And maybe that's what everybody do, does these days, but that's not what we did back in the day. And, and that, that just appears to not be working well. I want to tread lightly as I ask this question, Keith, but is there anybody nasty on the defense? No. So no. It, it seems to me as if you need at least a guy, if not several, they're not paying attention to the scoreboard. They really don't care. They just want to inflict pain on the very next play on you. And there's not anybody out there that seems to do that. I'll, I'll give you this silly, dumb illustration. I, I never had a personal foul called on me. I'd, I'd get a occasional, I'd get a pass interference. I might have gotten a face mask once or twice. But I didn't get personal fouls because if somebody smacked me or slapped me or kicked me, I just made a mental note. Okay, that was number 42. If number 42 comes across the middle and I have a shot, he's going to get it. And it may come up the next play. It may come up in the fourth quarter. It may not come up at all. But I'm going to be looking for it. And I was one of the nicer players that I played with on the defensive side. And I don't see any of that. They just want to bow up and act like a big shot. And, and when somebody hits them, they hit them back and get flagged for it. That's not how we operated. Okay. We made a mental note and you better have your head in a swivel or I'm going to turn your head around when I get an opportunity. So this is not why Florida State's defense performed the way it did. But let me ask you this. A couple of the penalties. I thought they were weak calls, but maybe I'm a homer. I thought the Brandon Gant late hit out of bounds. Eh. I mean, I saw several late hits on Florida State last week that weren't called, meaning North Carolina hit FSU guys out of bounds. How about the – was it defensive holding or pass interference they called on a defensive lineman on a screen pass when the guy wasn't even past the line of scrimmage? Well, they called holding uh, because he was grabbed, but I thought that was a horrible call. Yeah. I, I, you know, I would have been irate and was over that one. And then uh, I've all, you know, that, that's, that was just bad. And I don't know, Janaris Robinson, the one shot he had on Malik Cunningham, it wasn't like a three steps and I'm going to lower my shoulder. I mean, it was kind of one, one and a half. It felt to me like even that one was borderline. But again, maybe I'm the homer. They're going to protect the quarterback. You need to get used to that in today's, in today's game, whether it's high school, college, or the pros. Again, did not determine the outcome of the game. 
Um, I just thought it, 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 they happened all in a row. This is what it was. They followed the drive where Parker Daniel got called for what was a really good block, but unfortunately it's a blindside block by the rule. And then the next drive, there were, right. there were two or three that seemed ticky-tack, and it didn't help given everything else we've just talked about. It just extended – it really even just extend the drive. It just made the drive much easier for Louisville. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, I don't know. Hopefully this, this bye week – well, we'll talk about the bye week and, and maybe what tweaks you can make. We'll do that when we come back on Front Row Knowles' first look. Front Row Knowles' first look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. Back on Front Row Knowles' first look, Tom Block, Keith Jones with you, Florida State – goes into the bye week at two and four. Honestly, Keith, as we've talked about, I mean, I'm still pretty optimistic about things. I know that yesterday, Saturday, was not uh, a sounding alarm for optimism. But I do think overall, if if we could play the Georgia Tech game again, I think most of us would feel like Florida State would get the win if Jordan Travis was at quarterback and the offense was doing some of the things it's done of late. And so then you'd be three and three. We're not. We're two and four. Anyway. I'll stop with that point. Why don't you tell us, given the uh, the limited choices you had, who is the performer of the game? Well, the primary bank performer of the game is going to – I'm going to give to Lawrence Tolfili. And and biggest reason is he had a good game against Louisville, but the minor reason is that he had very few of any touches uh, against North Carolina. And the staff said during the week that they needed to make sure that they got Lawrence some touches. He was six uh, carries for 76 yards, a long of 49. That's a 12.7-yard average per carry. So uh, I, I'm going to give him the primary team bank performance of the game. Primary team bank, a longtime, longtime supporter of our program, two locations in Tallahassee, Timberlane Road and Capital Circle Northeast, branches down in Crawfordville and in Lakeland. And uh, remind you that uh, they're full-service business accounts, personal accounts, Mortgages, business loans, you name it. Prime Meridian Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Great folks there. Go by and see them or check them out at trymybank.com. So where do we go from here, KJ? Back to fundamentals. Back to fundamentals. And um, you, you talked about game planning. Maybe the staff should game plan for Pitt. But during this off week, in terms of the players, I wouldn't even talk Pittsburgh to them. I'd go back out. We'd, we'd go back to, uh, you know, basic drills, uh, fundamentals, uh, those that are injured or nicked up. Uh, you know, you do what's appropriate to get them well, most notably uh, Travis. Um, you get Purdy some more snaps uh, to get him a little closer to being, um, you know, more acclimated. Uh, and 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 don't worry about what the season is. As Coach Norvell and the staff has talked all along, it's more about us and not who we play, and you just got to keep that mentality. My Again, my frustration is the uh, continued mistakes that need to be rectified, the continued um, mature veteran players not making big plays when they have the opportunity. It has nothing to do with the long-term um, direction, uh, this staff, I, I'm 100% uh, happy with what they're doing, but I'm very disappointed in how some of the kids are reacting. And, you know, none of, nobody's at practice. We don't know 
if they're being disciplined or not being disciplined. We don't know if they're being uh, coddled or, you know, not pushed. I, I kind of think I know what is happening because Coach Norvell doesn't come across as being a marshmallow. But absent anybody of us seeing that, you know, we keep wondering, well, what are they doing? What are they doing? Uh, it's just a time to get back to fundamentals and take that week to, to work on you. Yeah, well, I agree with what you're saying, though. I mean, I think there's been a, a accountability. I mean, if a guy screws up, he gets yanked out of the game. I mean, I feel like there's some accountability there. Um, but I do wonder, is that is that guys that aren't physically gifted enough? Is it guys pressing? Because, again, this has existed for several years. Even It even predates when the guys currently on the team arrived in terms of some of the mistakes you're talking about. False starts, drop passes wrong routes, those kind of mistakes? Well, that would go back to uh, the question of the kids that you're bringing in and not necessarily their physical attributes, but their, their ability to learn, their ability to think under pressure, you know, the, the intangibles we talk about that takes a, an athlete and makes them a, a football player. I was watching uh, one of the other college games um, over the weekend, and, and they mentioned uh, on the telecast, it wasn't, a, it wasn't the Florida State-Louisville game, it was another game, that uh, a particular coach, when it came to the offensive lineman, he didn't like recruiting big guys. He wanted to recruit lean guys, long guys, that maybe weighed 240, 250 pounds, he was going to redshirt them the first year as an offensive lineman and let them grow because what he, what he found is that the larger kids, you know, didn't know how to leverage, didn't know how to work their hands, didn't know how, you know, they just mentally had relied on their girth and their, and their expanse to, to be football players in high school where these, these smaller kids that had some length to them had to learn had to learn how to be football players, so they were better. Uh, they had a better uh, adaptability when they got to the college level, and they could put the poundage on them once they got on the training table and in the weight room. And they would end up being better offensive linemen, even though the other kids might be better athletes. So, and I, I'm I'm not sure I buy a million percent into that, but I think there's something to be said for that. Yeah, I, I understand what you're saying there. Um, reality is the record is what it says it is, right? Two and four for Florida State. Um, the offense has put up over 400 yards for, I think, every game Jordan has started now. And I don't know what the Jacksonville State total was. So you're getting some things offensively. It's just that you can't get into a shootout. There. Again, I, I said this earlier, this offense is not going to score 60 points. But it can move the ball. It can eat some clock at times. It can get you to 30, 35 if you don't have some of the drops. But you got to get the other side to help out. And, and last week it worked out. This week it didn't. And that's the difference in the ball games. As, as I mentioned, when you've got an offense and a defense that are, that are helping each other and playing off of each other, it doesn't make you twice as good. That's, in that case, one plus one equals four. You're, you're – you're two times better uh, when you're doing that. Uh, and that just didn't happen on the defensive side of the ball against Louisville. Well, so if you, if you look at the rest of the schedule and you project it forward, Pitt uh, has been playing its backup quarterback. Its starter may be back in two weeks. 
But even that game, honestly, every game but Clemson, I still feel like Florida State, I, I still would put it in the winnable category. Unfortunately, it's also in the losable category. And I'm talking Pitt, Virginia, Duke, NC State. Uh, Clemson is Clemson. I'm going to leave them out there. But you, you do have a chance in the rest of the games. Would you agree? I would agree. And again, uh, I don't know. I'm sure our fans and, and our listeners might be a little bit different, but I'm not. I'm not really interested in the one-loss record in 2020. What we said is we wanted to see improvement. We wanted the optics to to trend in the right direction because this year has been such an up-and-down and sideways year, both, you know, in terms of football as well as, you know, everything else going on, that, that the one-loss record to me is almost immaterial. I just hate to see the group go out and perform or underperform like they did against Louisville, you know, even if they'd lost the game, uh, you know, playing well, I, I would have still been happy. I'm just not happy when they lose a game and they don't play well. Well, and we've talked a lot that the growth is not going to be linear. Uh, my hope was that if last week was uh, two steps forward, that you wouldn't take a full step back maybe it'd be a quarter step or a half step. Unfortunately, it was at least a full step again. And now you got to reset the counter and move forward. So uh, that is what it is. Uh, we get a week off and we'll come back and do this again. We'll do a show on Wednesday and then Florida State will get ready for Pitt. This is a fundamental week. This is uh, maybe we'll go back to fundamentals on, uh, on uh, front row knolls and we'll just talk about basic stuff. And we'll quit trying to worry about the win and loss record. What do you think? Well, we're pretty simple dudes as it is, so we'll continue to keep the conversation simple. Oh, it won't be a stretch for us, that's for sure. <laughs> That'll be right in our wheelhouse. We'll do it again on Wednesday at 6. It's Keith. <laughs> I'm Tom. Thanks for tuning in.